You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Let's just start off right away with an email from a listener. That talks Love it. About, that he's talking about. He just listened to our, his, our show on masturbation, which is episode 123. For those of you that are coming along late to this whole program. But he's talking about, he says, his words are, I think it was the best conversation I've ever heard about the subject, especially between a man and a woman. I felt that it was very practical and non non-judgmental, and that you did a great job acknowledging the extremes. And if you think about it, Shannon, I think that's kind of our goal, isn't it? Of Sexy Absolutely. Marriage Radio. Is to be very practical, to be very non-judgmental, and also try to account for all the extremes that come into play when you're talking about sex. And to have a healthy balance yes. between those extremes. It's Sex is a pendulum swing. You're going to swing back and forth from the right to the left, and it's that's just the nature of the beast. Yep, and I also love the fact that the way we can represent, you know, we're not married to each other, so we have different marriages that we represent. Yep. But we also have the two genders that we represent. We also have slightly different philosophies that we represent. And so we can come at it from a variety of different ways. And I love when we get emails from listeners that when we don't agree on things and, and we can still talk about those things because sure. how often does that happen in marriage where that, you don't that, agree about things? Yeah, but it's not, it doesn't have to be a deal breaker. No, 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 not at all. It can't be a deal breaker because you will not find another human being on the planet who sees eye to eye with you on every single sexual issue. Right. No one will find that perfectly suited clone that feels the same way as they do about masturbation, oral sex, frequency. The list could go on and on and on. Right. There's going to be differences. Absolutely. There's always differences in everything. And for those of you that are new, this is Sexy Marriage Radio. Welcome wherever you are. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to us. If you like what we have going on here, please send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com with any kind of comments or questions, or jump on iTunes and let us know with a comment or a review. That helps spread the word because we want this message to go far and wide because we know that the best sex that happens is in marriage, and that's what we're trying to make happen, and, and we really hope it happens in your bedroom. Over and over. Over again, yeah, not just, yeah, not just once. Yeah, let's not let's yeah. not just have good sex once. Let's let's make it a, re a regular occurrence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, what, C Corey, I just have to say before I launch into my uh, spiel today, today is one of the first days that you and I decided to use video with Skype, not just audio. <laughs> right. And so, not only am I seeing more of you in action, I'm seeing your background. I'm seeing the room where the magic happens for this radio show. <laughs> And I'm very distracted by the painting behind you. I just want to know, what kind of phallic symbol is that? Um, that's actually um, a big blimp. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's crashing. It, it kind of looks like a giant vibrator hovering <laughs> over a neighborhood. <laughs> wow. that's uh, You'll never look at that I, painting. Yeah, that's totally again, changed the context of that now. So thank you for that, Sorry. Shannon. That's that's great. That, <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought you'd get a kick out of no, that. No, no, I just no. thought, what the heck is that? Yeah, what the heck is that? That's, that's one of the uh, fine works from my brother-in-law, which we have lots of diff his different artwork in oh, in cool. our house. because he's That's an, an original painting. Oh, yeah. He's an illustrator for the Dallas Morning News, and 
does a bunch of stuff on the side. And so we have a bunch of his artwork. So it's very, very good. It reminds me of that episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where Marie gets into a sculpting class and accidentally <laughs> sculpts a big vagina. I just and saw that. Realize yeah, that it I just like saw that episode. That was a great episode. <laughs> so, Corey, Easter is coming up. And incidentally, our 24th wedding anniversary is the day after Easter. Congratulations. Yeah. And so Easter, we always do a big family get together, Easter brunch after church, the whole nine yards. And so I I know that I have to mark on my calendar several days in advance of Easter that it's time to start my spring cleaning. I don't want dust all over the ceiling fans. I don't want grease all over the backsplash of the stove. Every once in a while, you have to break down and do some really deep spring cleaning. Yeah. Or as my father-in-law says, you have to have company every once in a while or else your house would never get clean. (laughs) That is true. true. And so I was thinking about how I hate to clean. I hate to clean, but I love having a clean house. Mm Mm-hmm. There is nothing that feels better than after all that's done of just, ooh, everything just feels so bright and shiny and sparkly and new. And I just love having family get together and to take a pride in how my house looks and feels to everyone and make them feel welcome. And so I, I was also kind of thinking this morning as I was getting ready and wondering, what are we going to do the show on today? I love how we're so spontaneous. I can't get the woman's email out of my mind who made the assumption that I'm just like this major high desire woman all the time my whole life and that how dare we have two hosts who are both high desire and that we aren't representing the low desire folks out there. Right. Because nothing could be further from the truth that I've always been high desire or even that I'll always be high desire. I think I'm a woman in my forties that that right there kind of gives you a little, you know, peak. But I can remember so many times in my 20s and 30s, I didn't want to be touched. If one more person had an expectation of me that day, I would explode. I had children dangling from my ankles and knees all day long. And the fact that my husband wanted to touch me that night just drove me crazy. Um, Or I was just busy and distracted in my 30s with writing book after book. I mean, there was just all kinds of issues that zapped my desire. Right. And so I thought it would be good to have a show today where we just kind of tip our hat and acknowledge all those folks out there who, for whatever reason, whether it's age, whether it's physical health, whether it's season of life, whether it's just their natural hormone levels are simply the low desire folks. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. I never felt as if my husband wanted to trade me in on a different model just because I wasn't the high desire person in the relationship during that season. And I certainly don't want to trade my husband in during this season of him in his fifties and me in my late forties just because I have a higher desire than he does. Right. So I'm really hoping that the low desire folks will feel heard and respected and cherished and even celebrated because it takes two to tango and there is a dance that goes on. And I know you've talked about it several times about how one person is naturally going to have a higher desire than the other person. Right. It doesn't mean the other person is frigid, right? No, no, no. Cause it's, it's all in comparison to another person. I mean, that's right. That's so talk the about nature. That a little bit. Yeah, that's the nature of what we're describing is that you have a high desire and you have a low desire and they're points on a continuum in relation to someone else. That's all they are. Okay, so it doesn't mean that a high desire person wants sex every day two or three times a day, right? Well, okay, but let's say there is a person that wants sex every day two or three times a day. And they marry somebody that wants sex every day five times a day. 
They're the low, <laughs> they're the low desire partner in that relationship. That's true. And and the opposite can be true. You can have someone who is their desire is for sex once a week, but the other partner is more like I prefer sex once a month. Yep. You still have a higher desire and a lower desire. Yep. It's just all relative. It it completely relative because Yeah. And and that's just interesting because we all sit there and think well, if you're not having sex, there must be something wrong. And well, why? <laughs> you know, I mean, the right. one of the things that I think that has helped frame this whole conversation to me the best is one of the times I was listening to um, Dr. Schnars talk about this whole idea of high desire, low desire, which is where I got most of it from. He's mm-hmm. the one that kind of coined the phrase in, in my book that that I was introduced to. And he made the comment of, you know, when you have a, a partner, you know, a couple coming to you for, for therapy because they're, you know, the high desire is frustrated because they're not having any sex or they're not having as much as, as they want. So you sit there and you start to look at it and you realize that, wait, maybe the low desire partner is actually the smart one because they realize the sex they're having isn't sex worth wanting. Ew. So you need to question the high desire partner who wants double helpings of bad sex quantity versus quality <laughs> right with the high desire and the low desire just wants more intimate connection longer times of cuddling and snuggling or just maybe better, even more intense or just better intensity. technique yeah just better technique right. you know actually do something that i enjoy because that's if you think about the way stuff transpires in most marriages it it starts sometimes kind of bad you know, it, sex is bad at the beginning sometimes just because it's just awkward. You don't know what you're doing. It's There's anxiety all over, you know, and you get better as you go. But but at the same time, you also have to deal with this whole development of self and who am I and how what am I doing? And, you know, and what does this represent to me? And what are these same acts that represent a certain something to me represent to my partner? Because right. that may be totally different representations. Right. Yeah. And, and when you have sex that's really just geared towards one person, well, why would the person that it's not for be interested at all <laughs> right. in doing more and more of that? It's like, wait, this is all about you. Why am I... I, I'm Why do you even need that. me? Yeah. <laughs> do that on your own. <laughs> Just get you a blow up plastic doll and, <laughs> and let me get back to my knitting or whatever. <laughs> now, what I wanted to do today is um, let's kind of talk about the, the mindset that perhaps a low desire person can develop in order to make an attempt at coming closer to the middle. You know, if you envision, like I said earlier, that pendulum swing where maybe the high desire person can be characterized by swinging toward the left and the low desire person can be swinging toward the right, you know, more liberal, more conservative, that what can the low desire person do to gravitate? I'm not saying toward the left as much as I'm saying toward the middle. Okay. Because I know that it's an unrealistic expectation for a high desire spouse to expect that the low desire spouse should just all of a sudden become this wild horny beast. Yeah. It's just not going to happen that way. No. Um, you know, like again, I my we're in a season where my husband is probably a little bit of the lower desire, but it it's only become that way the past few years as he's gotten into his fifties, as his body is starting to slow down. But I've always loved older men and it doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, to me, it's not about performance or technique. To me, it is about the emotional connection and the cuddling and what it is that we're investing in one another. 
and just that quality time spent together. So you you do, you, ha you have to have, you know, adjustments in your expectations as you go along. And yeah, I have totally lost my train of thought, well, Corey. What comes to my <laughs> mind is the conversation we had with Deb. And, and yeah. that's, that's, that's the same kind of stuff we're talking about here in the sense that to me, the first step is if you're the low desire partner, own that. Yeah. You know, acknowledge don't that. Feel yes. bad about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Th that's me. That's who I am. And I'm right. okay with that. So you have to reframe it to where it's not a, I, there's something wrong. It's just right. a, this is just who I am. And that, that's exactly what I was going to say is I don't look at Greg as now he's not fulfilling his duty. Now he's broken and dysfunctional. I don't look at him in that way at all. And so understand that your spouse isn't necessarily attacking you or so disillusioned and disappointed by you that they're thinking of going elsewhere, anything like that. It's just simply a conversation in your head of what can I do to be, to, to have a more balanced approach so that we're both somewhat getting our needs met, whether it's a need to connect or whether it's a need to disconnect that there's just gotta be some common ground. Right. So let's talk about some of the things that in, in life that we, we don't necessarily enjoy doing, doing them or crave doing them <laughs> or wake up going, wow, I can't wait to do that today. But we do it because we like the payoff. Right. There's a benefit to it in the long run. There's a huge benefit to it in the long run. Right. So the first thing that comes to our mind is just getting up out of bed and going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Sometimes that is a huge challenge to drag yourself up out of bed at 630 in the morning or whatever time you have to get up and get your button gear. Yep. But usually by the time you get some coffee in your system and you've started your day, you start to kind of pep up a little bit. You start to realize, wait, this is, I, I do kind of enjoy parts of this or there's, there's aspects of this that are pretty good. There's a reason why I took this job. There's a reason why I do this for a living. This actually fuels me. Yeah. But the real payoff is on Friday afternoon or whenever you get your paycheck right. that all of a sudden you've got this huge amount of money in the bank right. that you can pay your bills with and go out and have a good time with and all that stuff. Right. You can so, eat. You got, you got a place to live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that you drive a nice car and you can go on a vacation once in a while. And so looking at the payoff right. is what gives you the incentive. Right. And you, Get you've already mentioned, up. yeah, you've already mentioned the cleaning. Yes. That there's, the that's cleaning. a great thing to come home to a clean house or to wake up to a clean, organized house. I mean, mine is decluttering. Because mm -hmm. I, I, it, we get times, you know, two little kids where it just piles up and piles up and it drives me crazy. And so when I have times where we do get in and really declutter coming home to that, it's like, oh, this is very nice. Yes. And you see those television shows like on HGTV with the hoarders and stuff, you know, just stuff everywhere yeah. and it just zaps your energy. And there was even a guy, I forget his name, but he wrote some sort of book, uh, called, uh, does does this clutter make my butt look big? And the and the notion was that when there's clutter all around, you get lazy, you don't yeah. prepare healthy meals, that you just it just zaps the life out of you. But a clean, organized space energizes you. It it motivates yeah. you to to take care of yourself like you're taking care of your house. So yeah, there's a payoff to going through the work right. and the effort required that that has all kinds of I hate going to the dentist. But I love having clean, healthy teeth because yep. there were, were, I remember growing up and there were people in my family who in their 40s or 50s could take their teeth out. Yeah. I'm really proud of the fact that every one of these babies is mine and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon, but that might not be the case if I didn't go sit in that blasted dentist chair every six months. And get scraped and yeah. 
prodded. <laughs> yeah, and all that yeah, stuff. Shot up. And, uh, <laughs> not saying that sex is that miserable. Sex <laughs> is not like a root canal. No, it's well, but sometimes the act to get it going could appear that way. That it is this whole, God, I got so it's much on my plate. How do I disengage one to allow for another? Yeah, that it's a steep uphill climb. Right. And like in my BLAST uh, program, I had this mentorship program for aspiring writers and speakers. And so many people are overwhelmed with the notion of starting that book. They just don't even know right. where to begin. Right. And I tell them that if you're standing at the foot of a mountain or a hill and your goal is to get to the top, the best strategy isn't always just to plod slowly one step at a time and drag that out. Sometimes the best strategy is to take 10 steps backwards and then just launch into a dead run and just sprint up mm -hmm. that hill. You get up it much faster. You're much more energized when you get there and it doesn't take forever. So sometimes it really is better just to dive in, yeah. just get naked and, and, and get loose and, and have some fun. Yeah. It, it, so anyway, now we're getting it over into strategies. One more, <laughs> one more uh, illustration that I thought of. I hate going to the grocery store. I would rather sit in a dentist chair. At least I can somewhat relax in between the scrapings in a dentist chair. But to get a, a big cart where the wheels don't work and to wind through every stinking aisle of a grocery store and go around people and be so overwhelmed by the choices from floor to ceiling and to tune out all the bad choices and try to focus in on the good choices and the checkout line and the getting groceries put up. I mean, there's nothing about the process that I enjoy. Right. Nothing. But I love having healthy food in the house. I love not having to eat out. I love yeah. being able to just go by the grocery or go by the refrigerator and grab a handful of blueberries and some yogurt and some granola and I'm a happy girl. But that won't happen if right. I don't go through that two hour drudgery every week of filling that grocery cart and bringing it home. So let's talk about the payoffs that if we actually, you know, go through whatever motions we need to go through to make something happen, to initiate something on our part, what can we look forward to? What is the paycheck at the end of the week? What What is the refrigerator full of food equivalent in sex? Well, I mean, bare minimum could be that you get, you get your spouse off your back. <laughs> <laughs> now, I could have all kinds of fun with that pun there. I got it. But I mean, I mean getting that's, them that's, on their back will get them off your back. <laughs> it, it sure can. Um, I mean, that's, that's kind of tongue in cheek, but there is some merit to that because if you think about it, that's, that's part of what the high desire is pursuing. And so it is this whole, okay, meet that need and be done for a little while. So let's frame that in a positive way. Thank you. How about it's that we sat, that we bring satisfaction right. to our spouse's right. life and desire. Yeah. Be a part of something that they're really wanting to be a part of with you. Yeah, and a part of something that no one else is allowed to be a part of right. with them. And uh, I think that we would all have to acknowledge that in a really great sexual experience where there is energy and intensity and connection and fun, uh, you can't compare the best masturbatory experience with the best sexual experience. No, not even it's, close. It's definitely more fun to tango with two people than it is to dance solo. And research has even that. proved that out as what goes on in the brain. That orgasm really? solo versus orgasm with another person is more intense with another person. Interesting. I don't know how, I mean, I, 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 anytime I read those kinds of research things, I'm always interested. What goes on in the lab 
for that. And how <laughs> they learn these things. How do you? Yeah, it's just wow. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> how fun to conduct that research. Yeah. Crazy <laughs> or just awkward. Yeah. So yeah. So there's there's satisfaction. I think about the fact that however we're able to communicate physically through sexual intimacy in the bedroom is going to impact how we communicate verbally and emotionally outside of the bedroom. Yeah. That if you feel as if you can't express to your spouse what you desire in the sexual relationship, what gives you the freedom to feel as if I can talk to them about my wildest hopes and dreams or my frustrations at work or my fears and anxieties about where we are in life right now. I mean, it all, it all kind of goes together. Yep. So if there's freedom in the marriage bed, I would think that there's freedom in all the other parts of the house and in all the other aspects of the relationship that if you can talk about sex openly and honestly, you can talk about anything. Yeah. And if you can have sex openly and honestly, you can, you can live together with through almost anything. That's a really great point. I mean, that's, yeah. that's something we've talked about a bunch, Shannon, that life, you know, how we do life is how we do sex and how we do sex is how we do life. So it can, you, if you look at it through that lens, you could see sex as a barometer of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. What else can you think of besides well, you satisfy your spouse? Well, I'm just thinking of the connection that you can have with it because that whole, the whole laboratory of sex is an entry into all of our senses. And all of us, you know, it's, you got the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, I mean, all of that. And so you get a chance to kind of see where you are with each other and, and speak up about what you really want and who you are and how things are going, or you get a chance to escape together from mm -hmm. what's going on. A little mini vacation. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't of, cost any money. Right. Well, I know of a couple that I've from a colleague of mine that she was working through a couple with a couple in the grieving process because they had lost a child mm. and sex became comfort through their Aww. grief. You know, yeah, it, it represented those, something totally different, but totally, that's okay. Right. And it was something just between the two of them because there's other people going, what? How could you do that? You know, well, I don't I'm not in their shoes. So that's something that drew them together. Well, it's them. it's actually biblical. You know, when David and Bathsheba lost their son, he that's how he comforted her was right. sexually. Right. So ain't nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> no, but if if I mean if you think about it, the payoff of a healthy, vibrant sex life in a marriage to me, the payoff is a healthy, vibrant life. Yeah. And yeah. and again, here I, I want everybody to hear very clearly though, it's not about having sex all the time. It's, no. it's just about being sexual. I mean, yeah. That's, that's what, that's what matters to me. It's not about making a low desire spouse, the high desire spouse. It's not at all. It's just making sex part of your life, making your sexuality part of your life. Yeah. And it's not just about the impact that it can have on your life. Cause right now, Corey, I can promise you there are tons of both men and women who are hearing what we're saying and going, yeah, but I don't really feel the need for it. I, I could actually go, without sex and be just fine. Okay. I'd be fine with just holding hands and talking and cuddling on occasion, but I don't particularly need sex. And so what I want to say in response to that is that if your spouse doesn't share that same low desire, what you're investing by being more sexual in order to connect with them in the way that they long to be connected with is that you are greatly strengthening your marriage. Yeah. 
And one of my big mantras over the past several years and all my books and all my talks and all my coaching is that if we can strengthen the sexual relationship, it will naturally strengthen the marriage. And if we can strengthen the marriage, it will strengthen the whole family. Yep. And if we can strengthen the family, we strengthen a community. If lots of families are being impacted that way. Right. And if we can strengthen lots and lots of communities, we're strengthening society. Yep. So to think that we can actually have an impact on society by getting more in touch with our own sexuality, it may sound like a stretch, but when you think about it, it's really not. It's like a domino effect. Hey, I like that, Shannon. I'm going to use that line with Pam. <laughs> Let's impact the world tonight, baby. baby. I remember how you were complaining about how America's off the, off the rails. I have a way we can make it better. That's This is our contribution. This is the way to, that we could be society. good patriotic Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about going to vote. <laughs> Forget our, about picking up litter on yep, the side of the road. We're, we're citizens. Let's just stay home and yep. make life beautiful from we're here. Citizens, we need to have sex. <laughs> it does kind of make sense, though. Any uh, other no I, payoffs that you can think of? Well, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I think we've covered the majority of them. That it, it it's it is one of those though that. If you look at the natural container of marriage, sex is what separates it. So it's a it's a part of the relationship. And so having that conversation with your spouse about, you know, I don't think I ever want to have sex again. You know, oh, well, hmm, uh, we're going to have to have some more conversations about this one. You know, it's not an easy conversation, but yeah, it's something that you got to face where you are in your life. Yeah. I did think of another big category that we missed though, that I can't resist the temptation Go. to toss out into there. Go for it. There are health benefits oh. to sexual connection. Yes. There's health benefits to orgasm. Uh, you Which know, are... I think I heard Dr. Oz say that ejaculating daily will help ward off prostate cancer. I read recently that, uh, that the best way to ward off Alzheimer's is frequent orgasm because it lights up every part of your brain. I know I've mentioned that before and yeah. I'll probably mention it several more times <laughs> before we're all said and done because all time to me, that's like the worst death sentence ever yes. to die and spend the last 10 years of your life in that condition and be such a burden on family members and all. So if a daily orgasm or just frequent orgasm is something that will keep that at bay, isn't that alone worth yeah. mustering up the energy to make it happen? Yeah. It helps you sleep better when you've had an orgasm. Yep. Uh, we talked earlier about how it's a natural um, uh, stress reducer and uh, kind of a natural tranquilizer. Right. It does take the edge off your nerves. Yep. And if nothing else, it distracts your thinking away from the dark clouds that hang over your head all day. Right. If you're stressed about kids, you know, you can't have an orgasm and stress about kids in the exact same moment. If you're stressed about work, you literally have to put that on the mental shelf right, in right. order to get to the point where your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing in order to cross that finish line. So it, I just love the way that the brain is wired such that we have to reduce stress. We have to, uh, you know we it, it it makes us sleep better it makes us feel more connected it makes us feel more relaxed it it helps us be healthier there are the the list of payoffs i definitely think are worth the investment don't yeah. you oh i do but i what i'm sitting here thinking of as i'm listening to you is okay this is assuming 
both partners are getting something out of it. This is assuming both partners are participants in seeking their own orgasm. This is assuming both both partners are good lovers, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I could sit here and say, I could hear the low desire wife saying, oh, that's all well and good, but I've never had an orgasm because he doesn't know what he's doing or okay, I don't so, even know what I'm doing or, you know. So, Corey, what was the number of the episode that we recorded where we talked about clitoral orgasm? g-spot orgasm oh, i'd have to yeah. i'll have to find that one but i mean it, it is there's I, I mean my thought was go to the six sexy marriage radio archives <laughs> because, yes because we have a whole bunch of stuff on technique on tips on ideas on specifics when it yes. comes to oral sex or it comes to the g-spot or it comes to you know rejection and it comes to anxiety and how do you initiate and I mean, all of these different things, because this might mean in your marriage, if you're the low desire spouse, you could be the one that's sitting there saying, yeah, but the sex we're having isn't worth wanting. Yeah. So that means you have to have some tough conversations. Right. And it means that you have to figure out what your own body is pleasured by. Right. And that may mean going back to our episode on masturbation, that may mean getting in touch with yourself by yourself to figure out what trips your trigger so that you can communicate that right. to your spouse. Because if you don't know, they certainly don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So Corey, I'm going to ask you one favor as we wrap up here. Okay. Did, did you have anything else you wanted to toss into this conversation? No, no, no. I think, we're, I think we've covered it. Okay. Okay. I want to ask you a favor. I want you to take a picture of the picture hanging behind you on the wall <laughs> and post it on the website so that people won't hear this episode and go, what? well, Shannon Etheridge just sees a vibrator in everything. What in the she world is going on in Corey's house? <laughs> <laughs> I want them to see what I saw so that they won't think that I'm crazy. I okay. really don't see a phallic symbol in everything, but that I think that they'll agree with me. I can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. That's, that is not a problem. <laughs> because I think the, the takeaway for me, if, if, you, if you're talking about just this whole idea of low desire, high desire, that I, I, I want the low desire spouse to realize that's just who you are. It, there's nothing that's wrong. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong at all. Nothing wrong. If it ain't broke, don't fix right. it. So our goal is that if you're the low desire spouse, how can you have better quality sex? And, and better and, quality relationship. Right. And then maybe that in turn increases your desire a little bit. Yeah. And so now all of a sudden it's not just once a week, it's twice a week, or it's it's five, six times a month instead. And that's that's an improvement. And or even twice connection. a month instead of once a month. That's right. doubling your fun right there. Right. So the goal is Whatever just it takes. Yeah, the goal is progress. The goal is improvement. And and the only people that are really the judges of this are you and your spouse. Yeah. That if you're having good sex and you're both satisfied and you both enjoy it, well done. <laughs> yep. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, we're glad you joined us. If we left something undone or didn't cover it well enough, please let us know at sexymarriageradio.com. You can email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope that it leads to great, fantastic sex. We'll see you next time. <laughs>